Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Goat Season. So happy. Blah. Ladies and gentlemen, so, you know, I just forgot how to intro the show. My brain just <laughs> farted. Just a it's huge fart. I really <laughs> liked the, like, NPR tone you were going for. I know. Yeah, that's what I was going for. All right, hold on. Here. That's probably yeah, yeah, what, yeah. that's what threw me off. All right, here we go. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Goat Season. So happy to have you with us. This is a podcast about the greatest individual seasons of television of all time, their most memorable episodes, and their creative teams both in front of and behind the camera. I'm Phil Mitchell, and along with me is Alex Sinesi. Dude, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm feeling so zen right now. I'm just, mm. I'm feeling nice and relaxed. That that nice, slow core version of the intro was really satisfying. And it's great because today's episode, listeners, we're just, we're going to stretch out. We're going to chill. We're going to talk about what we've been watching, what we've been absorbing, uh, goat season trends we see on the future. But uh, it's just, it's going to be a little bit more of a relaxed, freeform relaxed episode, day. man. Yeah, this yeah. is going to be good. Yeah. Good stuff. It's my it's, day off, man. Yeah, you know? it's fall. Um, yeah. The weather is getting crisp. It's nice outside. I really enjoyed yesterday. It was a nice sunny day. We had that kind of like crisp chill to it. it was Ooh. all about it yesterday. Those um, so cold yeah. and sunny days. Cold and sunny so days. Yes, I love those. I'm all about that. So this is the first ever edition of Are You Current? This is a segment that Alex and I have come up with, and we are just going to be banding about, just throwing back and forth what it is that we're watching about, what it is that we're absorbing, what we're taking in, what we recently finished. And uh, we'll even have a little bit of input from the listeners, um, which we're hoping to share with you guys today. 
So yeah, let's just get right into it, dude. What are what are you watching? What are you current on? All right. So as far as current, I just finished Midnight Mass, mm, uh, okay. which I really, really liked. Yes. I thought it fell off a little bit right at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I think if we're talking about genre TV of this decade, if we're talking about limited series, if we're talking about Netflix output, if we're talking about horror television, I think Mike Flanagan's name and Mike Flanagan's output kind of has to be in the conversation. Definitely. It's more just a matter of like, which, which series is it? And early on, like halfway through midnight mass, I would have said midnight mass hands down is the best thing he's ever done. Yeah. At this point, I'm a little less sure. I, the thing I keep coming back to is I really, really loved uh, Hill House as well. Did you yeah. see Hill House? So I didn't see Hill House. That's the I didn't I haven't seen either one of his previous um, series. Okay. So what is it? House of Blythe Manor? Was it just called or is it just called Blythe Manor? Yeah, it's House of Bly Manor. And oh, Bly Manor. Okay. Hill House and Hill House. And, yeah. Uh, Hill House got a huge pop. Hill House is incredible, and yeah. it's arguably kind of iconic in his career. It was the big like limited series at Netflix that sort mm-hmm. of launched him on that path. And it also is the first time he was working with a lot of the actors who are now kind of part of his repertory company, mm-hmm. or maybe not the first time he worked with them, but the first time he like gathered them, gathered all, together. them all together. Okay. And now they just keep popping up in all of this stuff. And it's really cool so, to see. It's can- so cool to see like Henry Thomas, like continue to get work. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the kid from ET. <laughs> I mean, uh, so I might as well, like um, I'm going to, interrupt you here and just say yeah 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 that's on my list too i i just finished it today oh nice just finished nice. it today yeah and i would agree with you up until like the very 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 like the last half right. of the last episode yeah um i was with it all the way mm-hmm. very good it's one of those things where i'm not even mad at it it's such no. a like messy passion project like mm-hmm. hard on your sleeve kind of a thing mm-hmm. and at the end he's like let me just get it all out mm-hmm and I'm like, this is getting a little sloppy. He earned it, though. Yeah, he did. He did. And I, I appreciate all of the swings he took up until that point. Yeah. I really respect that he has this, like, dedicated company of actors. And he seemingly has a good relationship with Netflix where he can keep making these series. Because right now, I feel like he is churning out material. He's churning out new series and mm-hmm. new movies at a wheezy in 06 you know sort of pace it's kind of insane dude like he's dropping shit like he's a rapper who's like i need my fans not to forget about me for two months so he's at that he's at that little b pace well that was going to be my question is he's doing it but also everything he puts out is so well crafted every single mini series he creates feels like just like you know a perfectly done filet mignon so who over here is the lil b of this production era who is giving us wonton soup oh wow that's such a good question when is hell wonton soup on the regular you know what i mean oh my god that's such a good question just what is the overlap this conversation like nobody netflix or just anyone like anyone (laughs) in the industry right now not just netflix i would say okay okay okay. yeah there's got to be somebody mm. churning it out. I'm going to be thinking about that for the rest of the day. Because, like, 
Tyler Perry for a while, his film output was mm-hmm. so outrageous. And yep. then he got into TV too. And people were talking about how he would literally just shoot four TV shows at once and yeah. work like 20 hours a day and all yeah. this stuff pumping out content. But I feel like he's kind of pulled back now into this more like sort of Machiavellian producer role. Right, right. Did you hear in Atlanta, he not only has his own giant studio set up that's just like completely proprietary to him, but he just built the largest and most accurate recreation of the White House in it. Like what? ever. Wow. As a set to shoot things. What? He he has huge plans. Yeah, right? no kidding. I don't even know so, I what's mean, going on with him. So, OG... Yeah. I mean, an answer to this, the uh, I, I think mm. uh, perhaps. I mean, let's just go with Dick Wolf. Oh yeah, Dick Wolf <laughs> Dick has his Wolf, hands on the little yeah, the little bit of network TV man. <laughs> He's been there since the beginning. Don't overlook <laughs> Dick Wolf, it's my man. True. <laughs> I mean, these Chicago shows. Yes, it seems to literally be uh, Chicago is a place. Go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> let's just plug in a bunch of uh blandly attractive white people <laughs> yeah yeah it's the chicago universe basically that's what we're the upon. chicago universe exactly what is happening in chicago chicago <laughs> schools that's what's next not as compelling but still will hit you just as hard yeah i don't know i mean how are you gonna get those uh posters though of uh all of these network stars with like a little bit of a little bit of soot on their faces, just a little bit of schmutz, you know, mm-hmm. and like maybe some like CGI sparks coming past them and all. Like, how are you going to do that with the school? Is it going to be like school fire? Fire <laughs> in the cafeteria. School's burning in the background <laughs> and everybody's looking real serious in front of it. Uh, all right. What else I'm are you down. watching? Make that what happen. We... Okay. What else are you so, watching? I'm about halfway through Squid Game, which okay. I just, I mean, I had to watch because literally everyone on fucking earth has watched this show. So I'm I'm jumping on that one late and I'm I'm enjoying it. I would okay. say this is gonna sound pretentious as fuck. So just, just bear say it with me. Just say uh, it. it kind of feels like Korean New Wave light. Mm. It feels like a lot of the best concepts just sort of done in a more obvious digestible kind of television friendly way mm-hmm. to me i mm-hmm. i like it and I, it's like it has those sort of like really gruesome moments and the really like melodramatic intense acting mm-hmm. and the kind of really beautiful gliding camera and slow motion moments it uses music really well it does all of the things basically it just feels a little more like fast food okay so yeah, you know, I'm I'm having a good time with it. I can All totally right. see the appeal, which is incredibly large scale, detailed, and senseless violence. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. a friend of mine was like, I can't believe this show is so popular. Like people are getting <laughs> murdered left and right. And I'm like, dude, that is that is mainstream. Yeah. Like loving like gruesome violence yeah. is not it's it's not a niche thing at no, all. not at all not at all nope. <laughs> i know i feel like people forget so quickly that like the saw movies were all number one yeah. at the box office yeah you know? and that was like uh a decade ago two decades right? ago right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. getting into anything else uh i'm watching the other two season okay. two okay yeah um, i remember you raving about that that show's really fucking funny it is. dude mm-hmm. oh my god have you watched some of it i've watched like maybe the first episode yeah. okay it's yeah. funny it's 
It's worth sticking with. Basically, the concept of that show is what if your 10 years younger <laughs> sibling turned out to be Justin, Justin Bieber, Bieber? Yes. And you're in the midst of your like late 20s, early 30s, sort of struggling along, not being particularly successful, but wanting to be famous, wanting to be a power player. And then suddenly you're 16 or he's like 14 year old brother mm-hmm. <laughs> ends up becoming the largest star in the world. And uh, it's really fucking funny. Um, my favorite character is uh, the Justin Bieber character, Chase, his agent played by Ken Marino. Oh, yes. Like this 50 <laughs> yes. year old man. Such a creep. His best friend is a 14 year old boy. <laughs> and the show just never stops showing what a weird dynamic that is. It just always calls attention to it. Oof. There's a great line in the season two opener where um, Chase says, uh, shout out to my manager, Streeter, man. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for taking a choice on a little boy you found on your computer in the middle of the night. <laughs> that is so wrong. Uh, Can't wait to yeah, watch it. Yeah. It started as a Comedy Central production, and now it's been completely folded over into HBO Max because I think mm. Comedy Central is almost done almost done as a network Mm -hmm. perhaps there's nothing on comedy central except for reruns of the office and south park they seem like they are really spooling down production Mm -hmm. and i'm curious to see how many more basic cable staples we're gonna see that with with Mm -hmm. them just kind of winding down fully Mm -hmm. because cable is basically uh, seems like it's on its way out, you know, and that's crazy. And something like HBO, I think they've made the deals they needed to make to be one of the major players in streaming now. And mm-hmm. if they just continue consuming Comedy Central's backlog, uh, they've absorbed Adult Swim. I just heard today that they're probably going to be merging with Discovery as well, oh, wow. which means they'll get uh, 90 Day Fiance and a bunch of other yeah. like huge reality shows on there too they're they're making moves you know man wow wow wow. (laughs) i know i know it is always a little disturbing every time one of these streaming networks like absorbs another another company another facet of our culture it's all kind of getting siloed and it's like on the one hand, as a viewer, it's so easy to be like, ah, yes, easy, convenient enjoyment. Let me hit my remote. And yet when you think about what's going on in these companies that have these huge histories that are just getting eaten, it uh, it's a little creepy, man. You it know? Is. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, everyone's already hip to Marvel being this gigantic culture absorbing amoeba. But I mean, everyone wants that. You know, everyone's yeah. jockeying for that. Yeah. And uh, oh, we'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How about you? What have you been watching? So this is the thing. I am always late to the culture. I'm always right. two weeks to a month behind. <laughs> when we say, are you current? Phil I am never current. <laughs> In the negative every time. I am never current. That's great. I I'm love always... that. Though. I love the proudly not quite current. Like, yeah. I'll get to it. I'll get to it when I get to it. Exactly. Yeah. That's just what happens with me. You're like, just I not just a water swole. cooler guy. You, I... just, you just don't like to hang out at the water cooler, bro. <laughs> no one knows what that is now. No one, no one has any No idea. one needs to know what that is now. <laughs> That's true. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. So over the summer, I rewatched... Mad Men. I think I told you about that. It, it was is. a whole, just the entire, yes, which was an experience. That was something else. Um, we'll mm -hmm. get into that at some point in the future, I assume. Oh, for sure. For sure. We've been debating back and forth about which season. Season of Mad Men. I think I sure. know. I know for certain. I, I, I think we know. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. Um, and then I also got sucked into BoJack Horseman, um, which I had not seen at all. So I, as everyone was like slowly... I, I don't really know if it really just kind of breached like the, the cultural consciousness, um, the collective consciousness. It's one of those shows that I just kept hearing more and more people yeah. say, this was the show of the decade, or like, this is my favorite show that I've yeah. seen in a long time. You just kept hearing that. Mm -hmm. But it never really quite like peaked in the way where I felt like, oh, okay, this was like a cultural phenomenon. It's just very good. It's very, very, very good. I guess it just doesn't have that. I mean, even though we just said like water cooler talk right. and all this is, is a thing of the past. It's still, it doesn't quite have that appointment television vibe of being, right. oh my God, the end of the this end season of, of exactly. Bojack Horseman. Exactly. Can you believe it? Right. It's not, it's not that kind of a show. No. It's more low key than that. In addition to being an animated sitcom. Exactly. So it's just not going to get that kind of huge, like day after reaction no, not at kind all. of a thing. That being said, yeah, people freaking love it. I only watched the first season and really struggled with it. And then literally everyone said to me, oh yeah, the first season's the worst one. And it's terrible. Really finds his voice after that. Yeah. The second season, the second and third season, I think I was just like, wow, this is amazing. And so I'm, I think I've stopped it around the fourth or fifth. And so I still need to finish that. But right now I am hooked on Succession, a show that I should hate. I should hate this show, but I do like this show, man. It opens with this banger of an intro credit sequence that is like at once catchy and creepy as all get out. I, I mean... You listen to that song and then you start thinking to yourself, wow, I wonder if I can start eating a poor person's pets too for an appetizer before my five course meal. What a great show. I mean, and there's so many good performances. Like there's Brian Cox who has like convinced me that I should hate him. Just, uh, just a despicable human being. Yeah. What a great fucking actor. I know. I've like, been waiting a, in the wings. I know. And like the thing is, is that like if I saw Brian Cox on the street, I would want to be nice to him and still punch him in the face <laughs> for playing this character. <laughs> he has brought that character to life and I hate that person. It is a show where just everyone is miserable. Jeremy Strong is fantastic. 
I love Sarah Snook. I liked her ever since seeing her in Predestination um, opposite oh, Ethan Hawke. What a performance. What a wild there. movie that yeah, is. Yeah, what a great movie. I love that movie. I remember trying to explain to a bunch of people the plot <laughs> of Predestination in a bar, and they were all just like, what the fuck is this movie that you just made up? <laughs> This isn't a movie? Are you kidding me? It, guys, it's a movie where everyone is just the same person. Anyway. It's just one person. <laughs> oh, what a great film. Sorry for the spoilers. Um Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean I, I Sarah Snook is great. Um I like uh Kieran Culkin um as Roman. Fantastic. Uh Alan Ruck. Very hateable. Alan Ruck. Yes, yeah, just and the thing is is like I, I think as gross as Roman is there's something slightly sympathetic about him just slightly oh there. there is oh there definitely is i've only watched the pilot every oh time, so man now okay. is where you yeah. start dunking on me because yeah. i know it's oh. it's the show of the moment <laughs> it is if we're being real succession is the prime candidate for a goat season oh yeah absolutely this time this period, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah for know. certain i gotta get caught up i gotta um, get current yep. not current on yeah, that's okay so, mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about Midnight Mass already. Yeah. Um, I just literally started Squid Game today mm-hmm. as well. Like, I finished Midnight, oh, nice. Midnight Mass and just started yeah. the first episode of Squid That's Game. That's funny. And <laughs> a, Netflix makes it so easy. They're they just do. like, the tiles are right next to each other. Don't you want to yeah, watch yeah. this? Um, right, right. The, and, like, alongside uh, Midnight Mass, the entire time I've been watching uh, this Vice documentary series called uh, The Dark Side of the Ring. So, just quick backstory. As a kid... I would occasionally watch professional wrestling and I mean, it was kind of a big thing in the nineties and in the early two thousands, because like you had the rock, you had stolen cold, Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, all these crazy personalities. And like wrestling is just like a weird carny act that I don't understand. It's so easy to appreciate the hustle. Though, yeah, right? it is, right? You see these people and it's like they are out here just bleeding, sweating, being incredibly charismatic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's what we all go to the movies for. It's exactly. It's just all theater, all performance. And as a mm-hmm. kid, I was like, okay, this is interesting. I'm into it. And as an adult, I'm like, what was this? Like, wh- wh- I don't understand this business or how it works. And so this whole series uh, is just a series, like one hour takes on just like the craziest stuff that ever happened in the business so there was an episode about the montreal screw job um, and how the wwe let uh bret hart go there is one about the terrible tragedy of chris benoit um there was mm. one about the ultimate warrior just like all of these like steroids all this crazy stuff the mob being involved love all of it even an episode about new jack and we both have a friend. Oh. You and I both have a friend who loved New Jack. You know who I'm talking <laughs> yes, about. Of yes, of course. Um, so that one, yeah, I watched it with so much relish. <laughs> what a character. So, yeah, that is what I have been uh, watching over these last couple of weeks. Oh, that sounds awesome. I mean, just reading wrestlers wikipedia pages yes such a blast Mm -hmm. going through the history of these people and all Mm -hmm. of the insane drama the ups and downs both within and without kayfabe is Mm -hmm. is always incredible Mm -hmm. so uh i i can imagine that's just uh documentary nicotine it is insane as crazy as the stuff was that happened within the ring like the stuff behind the scenes was just absolutely bonkers 
could not believe some of these things happen. But if you get the chance to, I would highly recommend it. I'll check it out for sure. Yeah. So kind of um, just jumping back real quick, sort of along the lines of succession, um, a limited series that you and I just watched that I think is part of an interesting trend that succession kind of kicked off, which is the trend of uh, absolutely excoriating privileged, stupid white people, (laughs) 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 which succession has done so well and it kind of has that heat behind it of this is fox news adjacent this is digging into something that has literally fucked up the entire world our our political climate everything it's it's something that's easy to villainize then you have a show like the white lotus which i feel Mm. like is hbo definitely continuing on that brand with a really interesting really satisfying show i mean if i had a criticism of it i would say that it feels a little less focused in its targeting i guess it's more just sort of a bunch of oblivious people at a resort who are all fairly privileged Mm -hmm. and just kind of their various mishaps Mm -hmm. but it's it's a very entertaining show and it looks amazing yeah it's maybe the best looking show i've seen i would say so yeah I'm curious to see if they end up making another season of it. I kind of liked it as just a self-contained thing. They are definitely doing, they're doing a second season. Yes. Um, Oh man. So speaking of shows, uh, both the ones that we are current on and ones that have been long dead. Mm. Did you know that there is a resurrection of your favorite serial killer turned lumberjack? Oh boy. (laughs) Did you know that? Yes, yes, okay. I, I okay. have heard of Dexter, the new blood. Okay, yep. all right. You know what? I don't even really want to talk about it. I just wanted to see if you were going to and like get enraged and you know your head would explode. No, no, I'm not enraged. I'll say this. Um, wow. The showrunner of Dexter, who I think we would all agree shepherded it through its, its best years, uh, is this guy named Clyde Phillips. Hmm. And... He departed the show after season four, the John Lithgow season. Oh, yeah. And I think that show was just really, really difficult to make. They made that season in the midst of like Michael C. Hall having cancer Cancer. and him also starting a relationship with Jennifer Carpenter. And there was just a lot of fucking drama on that show, man. And uh, also, it definitely felt like a show that the first few seasons was just like, we're going to pull a Mike Flanagan. We're going to leave it all on the dance floor. Every season, we're just going to like burn through as much story as we possibly can mm-hmm. and end it in a really satisfying way. And they got to season three and they were like, oh, fuck, what do we do anymore? <laughs> there was so little dramatic juice left behind, besides like just blowing up the entire concept of the show. And I think they really ran out of, it ran out of road very mm-hmm. quickly. So Clyde Phillips left and he had a whole concept for the end of the show that I thought was really interesting. He he kind of pitched his own ending, which involved essentially uh, all of Miami finding out about Dexter and mm. him being uh, executed at the end of the show. Wow. Yeah, lethal injection. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, I guess ending, but... spoilers for Dexter, but that does not that happen. That does not happen. That does um, not happen. 
yeah. But um, I did think it was interesting that he wanted everyone to find out and the show ultimately didn't do that. And part of the reason is, I don't know if you remember, but like Showtime kept pushing with Dexter. They were like, this is the biggest hit we've had in a while. We have to stretch this out. We can't let anything too major happen because we're going to have spinoff shows. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it's typical like cart before the horse thinking mm-hmm. where they were like, uh, we're just going to like run this thing into the ground because it's a hit. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did. Only they did it faster than they had anticipated. Yeah. 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 No spinoffs. Right. No spinoffs happened. And uh, now, so this, this version is Phillips coming back and creating, I don't know if it's going to be, his story as originally intended or if he's modified it now okay but i am i'm at least somewhat curious as okay. somebody who fell off dexter in like i i didn't even get all the way through season seven and i didn't watch oh it wow you, you stuck around longer than i did yeah yeah i don't think i watched it after season five Right, <laughs> which, yeah. I mean, fair enough. It just <laughs> continued to nosedive. The beginning of Seven was a slight uptick, I will say, but uh, yeah, it, it never found its feet again. Nope. So I'm, I'm somewhat okay, so curious. You're curious. Okay. I don't know. I, I think we mentioned this on the pod before, but I really do think the pilot of Dexter is one of the greatest pilots uh, of all TV. You, I yeah, really, I've heard you say really that love that. Mm-hmm. I, I consider it a top five pilot. And part of the reason I say that especially is because even though I really like the first two seasons of Dexter and the fourth season's also good, um, I think it's a little overrated, but it's all good television. I don't think there was ever a season that was nearly as good as that first episode. Because in part, Clyde Phillips and a lot of the other people hadn't been hired yet. They didn't really have a writer's room when they made that pilot. It was kind of filmed as like more like an independent movie type deal. And then they brought it to series after that and had to essentially create a framework for a longer running show than they originally had. And uh, so, yeah, so that pilot really stands out to me as different from anything that followed and just like a little higher quality. So do we want to look at um, what other people are telling us that they're watching? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm curious let's, about uh, let's open this up. We're opening it up to the floor. We are. It's always good. You know, you're always trying to get TV recommendations from, mm-hmm. from friends, from people, you know, with similar tastes. Because, uh, I mean, as we all know, TV, it's this huge time investment. And it's kind of an easy investment. It's so easy to just, like, binge a season of something these days. But at the same time, you want to know that something is at least going to be somewhat to your exactly taste, right so we all live and die by these recommendations absolutely we do. so alex yeah. and i reached out to the listeners through uh the great magic of instagram um and we had them contact us at at goat season pod um and tell us what it is that they're current on so we got um some responses and i just thought i'd pick out a few so the first one i've got here is interesting because we have already talked about this show uh, just a few minutes ago and someone says that they're watching white lotus uh, which is great. I hope that they're enjoying it. It's a great television show. Great turds on this show. <laughs> let me tell you. Some of the best turds I've seen filmed so I far. I thought for sure during that scene, I thought they're not going to let us see that, are they? Oh, okay. Nope, they are. 
We're going to have to watch that. My whole thing, some people were debating like, do you think those were like CGI turds or do you think they were real? And I was like, first off, I don't think SAG-AFTRA would actually allow you to take a shit on camera. I think I think there's some union rules against that. But really the thing that seals it for me as them being fake turds is they're a little too well lit. They're a little <laughs> too in focus where it's like, no, that was a CGI artist that turd you know they put some love into that turd and they wanted you to see all the details oh boy yeah. what a show yes <laughs> I, I am glad that is going to be coming back for a second season so well i was thinking it, it is kind of fun the idea that you could do different white lotus resorts in different different locales climates yeah. like i'd actually love to see like the aspen version of mm, the white lotus, you wow. know all right i feel like ski culture ski lifts all that shit. that would be a great backdrop Oof. for the right wow okay yeah that would that'd be rough to watch but it'd be totally appropriate for the show you um, know maybe someone could get stabbed with a frozen turd in that season you know <laughs> just turn it, it into back. the murder weapon this of time course. yeah exactly uh, it has to be like a poop based climax every time <laughs> i hope that who yeah if you're watching white lotus uh and if you haven't seen it yet highly recommend uh keep yeah. at it yeah Let's great music about too. It. Mm-hmm. Oh, love Wonderful. that music yeah um so we've got another uh response as well someone here is saying that they're watching the fosters and they're watching good trouble and i had to go look up what good trouble was because part of me immediately thought that it was a reference to uh the late great john lewis but it is not it's just a spin-off of the fosters i did not know this yeah so the fosters is the freeform what was it freeform used to be abc family abc family and then wasn't it fox family possibly after that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that was a channel i definitely lost track of a long time ago of course you did yeah i just remember it being the channel that my sister watched like halloween town on like every Mm -hmm. every you know holiday but uh they expanded into a lot of series yeah yeah, so so what what's the Fosters about? I actually don't know much about that one. So the Fosters, I think it is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. It is a, a television show that just follows the life of a police officer um, and her life partner, and they just have like a blended family. And so they, there's a, a character who has a son that um, from a previous marriage. There's a few adopted children, and so yeah, it's about a. It, oh, it's, a it's with Terry Polo. Mm-hmm, Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's awesome, man. That's yeah. cool to see her getting some work again. Mm-hmm. And it's been around for a while. Like I think the show's been around since 2013. Yeah, my yeah. my mom actually was really into this show mm-hmm. for a while. It's one of those things where it's like she's watching it and she's like, you know, it's about it's about these two two ladies and they're a couple, but I really don't mind. It's really it's very sweet. It's very well done. It's you should, oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> she's like, I have become a cultural ambassador. <laughs> to the gay community because I've watched the Fosters and been mildly entertained by it. This is the vibe she's putting off, you know? It's like, what a what a revolutionary act, Mom. I stand with you. It's a great show. And I think like everyone right now needs some light fare. It's been a yeah. rough it's been a rough 18 months for all of us. So why not indulge in something with compassionate, uh wonderful characters, people who are trying to reach out and see one another. Um, so I get it. Yeah, I mean, I'm over here watching the dark side of the ring. Maybe I need to watch the Fosters. You need to just purify your soul a little bit. <laughs> I really after do. all this debauchery. I really do. <laughs> all right, 
<laughs> we're over here talking about the white lotus yeah then... someone's watching something really wholesome what is wrong with this um <laughs> all right so yeah and then we've got oh this is the one i saved for last or at least the, the, i'm looking at directly at the gram i mean this person says i'm watching buffy for the first time ever oh i'm shit. so jealous i'm so jealous oh of them. that's cool yeah. yeah at the same time buffy Buffy kind of has a bit of the Star Trek The Next Generation problem, which is it's this show that people are absolutely diehard in love with. They will all tell you it's the greatest thing. They're so emotionally invested in all the characters. But the first season is absolute dog shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got to get through a really rough, like, oh, 20 boy. plus episodes before things start cooking you know what i mean it's a slow burn all right it's a slow burn to quality with that one yeah it was from an era where tv just didn't need to get up on its feet that it really did not tv did not need to entertain you at all exactly like i just i just watched all of seasons one and two of tng for the first time i'd Mm -hmm. seen oh i know why you did those episodes so many times Mm mm-hmm you're just trying to make sure that you don't lose at uh, name that episode. That's what this is about. Exactly right, right. Jerk. Now I know which seasons to not pick from. Right, right. <laughs> I had to fill in those little gaps in my knowledge. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, Buffy's kind of another one of those where it's like season two is when it really started to take off. And even then, it's like, I love Buffy, but there's definitely consistency is not its. Right. Of course. Of course. Um but yeah, but that's you, that's fun. That's exciting. If we were gonna do it, would you say season oh, three? No, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's. Season I think three. so. Yeah. Yeah. A p- part of my argument for season three is because it's the last season before Joss Whedon created Angel, mm-hmm. and you can feel that he was still putting everything, all mm-hmm. of his energy into that one show and it's like by the time you get to like season six of buffy he's got angel going he's got firefly and yep. he's got that he really stretched himself thin and i think buffy was always the flagship and was always yeah. the best series but at the same time he stretched himself so thin and then i don't know um a friend of mine uh blue she's she's always debating with me uh goat season various goat seasons and uh she says that Angel season five, which is the season after Buffy ended, is maybe the best thing that Whedon's ever done. What? And, See, I was just, wow. Yeah. Okay. And she like doesn't like Angel at all. Yeah, I was going to say like that show just never really clicked for me. It, it never so clicked strange. for me either. The only thing I remember about it was the fact that it had David Boreanaz and uh, Vincent Cartizer. That's right. Yeah. Oh man, Pete it's Campbell so himself. so weird that Pete yeah. Campbell is on that show, man. <laughs> So strange. Very strange. Very strange. I mean, a lot of people pop up on that show. There's some wild guest stars. Gina Torres plays like the most evil being in the universe in it. It's really crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. She seems like such a anyway. Um, yeah. Does anyone yeah, did you get any responses, anything from anyone? Well, um, Blue did mention one show to me, uh, which sounds kind of interesting, I gotta say. It's been a while since I've been really hooked on an animated series. Mm-hmm. She had recommended to me this show, Young Justice, which is a DC animated okay. show. Okay. Basically, like part of the appeal of this show is that it's totally a self-contained alternate universe. Mm-hmm. It's starring a bunch of younger versions of Justice League characters or like their sidekicks and things like that. But it's not within the Paul Dini DC animated universe Mm -hmm. it's not 
in conversation really with any other series. It's just kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting. One of the guys who created it is this guy, Greg Weisman, who created Gargoyles for oh. the Disney Channel oh, back in the day. Yeah. And then he also did the spectacular Spider-Man, which I've never seen, but I've heard is supposed to be just a fantastic series. Mm-hmm. And then this was his next one. But yeah, and I was just like, man, Gargoyles. That's a show mm-hmm. I was really into back yeah. in the day, man. Yeah, I As a kid, I, I loved that show. And it's one of those where it's like, I think if it had been just a little more popular, just a little more popular, we would have seen some kind of live action spinoff already. Yeah, yeah. They keep talking about it, but it never seems to gain a ton of traction. Yeah. But it's one of those shows where it's like, it's set in New York and these characters are these ancient gargoyles who are these warriors who come out in the night. And mm-hmm. it, it has just that right amount of real world meets superhero vibes with like sort of a big fantasy backstory. And you could just see it being a limited series now so easily. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things where it would be a little expensive and a little the the name brand recognition just is never quite there. So you were into Gargoyles back in the 90s. And so I was huge into Batman, the animated series. Oh, I mean, that too. That of course. just like crushed. That show crushed. That was amazing. And then I also, yeah, um, it was uh, the 90s, uh, the Saban uh, X-Men. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that. <laughs> Love I that mean, theme song. Yeah, yeah. The theme song killed, man. Just put that on repeat yes. and like then inject it into my veins. I'll go save the world. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, oh, that yeah. show. I mean, that show was so Mondo, dude. Yes. Just I know. So, like, it was so strange how that show could like switch from like, okay, we're going to fight some robots that are trying to kill us on Earth to like, oh, no, uh, we're going to be on the moon next episode. And the professor has like an underwater like laboratory where he does like experiments and stuff like and there's dinosaurs. Like, why not? Let's just throw in some dinosaurs like we're just going to do all types of weird stuff over the course yeah, of the so show. It was so awesome how they could just like skip to the cosmic phase yeah. for an episode. It yep. was just like a grab bag of awesome stuff from yes. all of the like decades of the X-Men's run. Yeah, yeah it was super fun. But yeah, dude, I mean, that's the thing. I loved Batman the Animated Series. That's classic, obviously. Yes. Um, and I think you would appreciate Gargoyles just in that it kind of grabbed a lot of the atmosphere. and. Oh, dude, I liked Gargoyles. Like, show for yeah. young boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like totally creating a, a completely new um, property based on sure. that. And anyway, so um, so the thing with Young Justice that's kind of interesting is it premiered in 2010 and then it had second season in 2013. And now they're producing new episodes for it again. They did a new season. Season three was 2019. And now like uh, season four is coming out currently. Wow. And basically what happened is it got canceled after two seasons. And then I think everyone at DC Animated wanted to work with Weissman again. So they renewed the show for uh, this little streaming service called DC Universe. Oh, Are you familiar with this? At I've, all? I think I heard about this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I was intimately familiar. Oh, with I know. Yeah, Universe that's right. For reasons I'll get into. But uh, basically, DC Universe was DC Comics totally ill fated, quickly canceled attempt to have their own streaming service that was just DC shows, DC animated stuff, 
and uh, movies, and they were going to produce new content for it as well. And I think the whole idea was you got the streaming service and you also got a subscription where you could read the entire backlog of DC Comics. Right. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. This This was what, like 2016, 2017? 2017. 2017, yeah. yeah. Kind of fell in at this like super busy time when all of these streaming services were sort of shaking out like what's going to go where, mm-hmm. what studio is going to team up with what streaming service. Mm-hmm. This was kind of right before Warner Brothers threw all of their eggs in the HBO basket right. and right around the time Disney Plus like premiered. Just, yep, yep. And I was working on a show called Swamp Thing, which I, as I understand, like people really enjoyed that one season of it that exists. And uh, essentially, it was supposed to come out on DC Universe. So anytime I told people I was working on this show, it was with a slightly apologetic footnote of, yeah, it's on this streaming service. It's brand new. You're going to have to subscribe to it. It's got some some DC animated stuff on it, too. And it's like, uh, oh, cool. Does it have the DC movies that I love? Well, no, most of them it doesn't really have the license for. They're still tied up with other studios. And it's like, oh, well, but does it have like Arrow and The Flash. I love those shows. No, because those are CW. So those are owned by somebody else. So it was just like the worst time for uh, franchise jockeying and intellectual properties being owned by uh, different conglomerates. It was all so fucking confusing. And everyone was like, good Lord, how many of these fucking subscriptions am I going to have to have anyway? Yeah. Just have a cable bill again. No kidding. So basically that show got canceled before it was ever released. Whoa. So did it, is it like, could you find it on HBO Max? Yeah, it's on HBO Max. Is it? Okay, all right. I'm pretty well, I'm sure. have to go look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right. I think everything DC Universe got absorbed. Okay, I just didn't know if it just like stayed in a vault. Okay. And that's the thing. If they had just waited and premiered that show on HBO Max instead, of course. Like, of course. it could have been, could have been really good. Could have of had course. a future, you know? It's actually only on... Uh, CW and CW streaming service, CW Seed right now. So it, I guess CW Lame. bought it and then it kind of fell into Lame. that gap. What? Which... That's a subscription service I'm never buying. <laughs> That's tough, man. That's Oof. a tough one. Buried. Yeah. Like, That's geez. just been buried. And we're over here like, oh, God, the conglomeration of the culture. And then we're like, wait, why doesn't HBO have this shit? I would be watching it right now. I wouldn't. So, I wouldn't. I'm lying. Uh, yeah, oh, that's gosh. fair. That's fair. It's just one of those things, you know, seeing the industry shake out. It's I mean, it's still the Wild West, man. We yeah. still have yet to see the paradigm fully coalesce. We've yet to see traditional TV fully oh, no. like die off. Poetic. He's waxing poetic now. I can't have my speech over here, man. No, no, you cannot have your Saint Crispin Crispin Day speech. Just get out of here. (laughs) All right, fine. Shut it down, guys. I'm gonna just go trudge home (laughs) through all this Normandy mud, (laughs) looking so defeated with my armor. Wow. Uh, Yeah, dude. I'm glad we got the chance to do this today trade what it is that we're watching um and get to hear from other people about what it is that they're into these days um and i hope we get to do this again man yeah thank you for the recommendations everybody seriously yeah, and uh, keep those coming in because we're, we're always looking for uh new potential goats you know exactly yeah yeah i guess so to wrap things up i'll just say uh thank you everybody for listening we hope you'll uh like 
follow. And uh, if you care to drop us a review on uh, Apple podcast, we love those five-star reviews. They really help make the show more visible. So uh, if you're able, we appreciate it. I also just want to thank Janice O'Leary for our artwork which is so awesome, always brings a smile to my face. I'll also thank Josh Sullivan for our intro music and Battlequake for our outro. We're going to be taking a break next week, but the week after we will be coming back with Lost Season 1. We're doing two episodes. We're doing the pilot part one and part two. And moving forward with Lost, we're going to do two episodes, two two hours of the show per episode. We're going to be just blazing through that huge, huge We are season. working hard for you. We're working hard for you, listeners. That's right. That's right. But uh, we'll see you then. Peace. Peace. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.